in the San Francisco Bay Area, Joe lives in LA. Uh, each week we call it one another and we just catch up. <laughs> that is the worst joke I've ever made. Sit on this crucifix <laughs> and you're like, oh my gosh, this. Stop, stop, stop. Ow! Yeah, I went there, Mike. I went there, motherfucker. Hey, Joey. Hi, Mike. Hey, Joey. Hi, Mike. No one would ever go to this what? many sex-sounding gay bars. Down a spiral staircase? With a <laughs> dancing monkey? Seriously. <laughs> Did you buy dog Viagra? Joey, it was nice catching up with you. Go, go to hell, Mike. Hello, Joseph. Hello, Mike Lawson. And hello to everybody listening. My name's Mike. That's Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in L.A. We have been friends for over a decade. And each week we just call one another and we catch up. Yes, we do, yes, Mike Yes, we Lawson. do, Mike Lawson. That's what yes, we do. Yes, we do. Every week. <laughs> we call each other and we catch up. Um, Joey, I have to admit to you, I kind of have no stories. What are you talking about? You know, inspired by Dubious Intent Plus, the award-winning podcast. By the way, I don't know if they've, if they've won any awards. We've been using Trello, and you have stories on here. Yeah, I don't really have much, though. You'll see. I've been working so much that, like, my stories are like, hmm, I went to work six days this week. Like, it's not anything really great, but you'll see. How are yeah. you? How are you doing? I'm doing really well. It's been a while. You know what's funny is it hasn't really been technically that long since we've spoken, but it feels like we have so much to talk about. Don't you agree, Mike Lawson? I just said the act- the absolute opposite. Do you not listen to me? <laughs> that was the joke I was making. Mm. Yeah, I don't have much, so. Because my first story, now that we're using Trello, I'm like, oh, yeah, that happened, I guess. It seems so long ago. But, um, you know, last Sunday, right after we recorded, I went over to the Orange County Performing Arts Center in good old Southern California to try and snack, uh, uh, snake a seat at the... Into the Woods reunion. The original cast was getting together. It was sold out beyond belief, but I was still going to go there and try and snag um, like a like a one off ticket. You yeah. know, Pl- so- there were a few friends of the show at the event. Yes, there were. I and one of them will come up during the show. Okay, during my story. So I just drive over there. You know, when I was in college at the same Orange County Performing Arts Center, uh, my friend Liz and I tried to get into a sold-out performance of the hit show Stomp. Do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you remember Stomp with the garbage oh, yeah. cans? Mm-hmm. That was like the biggest thing in 1999. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And we tried to get into that, and uh, it was sold out. And what we did was... There was a young guy about our age at the time selling extra seats for, I guess, a scalper. Mm-hmm. And he was talking to us, and he wanted, like, $100 a ticket, which was crazy at that time, you know? So we just waited until it was, like, close to curtain, and he was like, all right, what do you guys got? And we gave him, like, you know, $20 or whatever we had, and we got, like, second row seats, second row center, you know? But he was just desperate. Yeah, because the, the sh- he was going to get nothing, you know? Yeah. So I decided to try my hand at that. So I go to the Orange County Performing Arts Center, and I, I get there like an over an hour early. There's nobody there. And I'm just standing there like I'm a Mexican at Home Depot, you know? And then, you know, people start building and building and building. Because, you know, one of the reasons people were getting there early was they had um, original parts of the set on display in an exhibit. Oh, cool. So you could go there and... Uh, you know, look at them. You could actually, you could actually sit in. They had the actual carriage, the horse and carriage from the play, and you could sit in it. They would take a picture, but I wasn't going to sit in it by myself if I was there. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so, but isn't in the original? Isn't the like driver of the horse like plastic? Yeah, 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 yeah. That, so you that, could have sat next to him. Or yeah, like... I could. I guess I could have. Yeah. So anyway, um, I'm standing outside. And people are starting to mill about, even kind of early. And all of a sudden, I hear Joe. And I look, and it's this man I've never met. Mm-hmm. He goes, it's me, John Marti. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's John Marti, husband, a friend of the show, Nico. I guess John Marti's also a friend of the show. Yeah, totally he is. And he was with his friend. And so they were chit-chatting with me, and I was, saying, I was trying to get a ticket, and they're like, oh, okay, well, good luck. And then he goes, look, look, because uh, one of the box offices opened, 
And it mm-hmm. said, uh, tickets for tonight's performance. Right? Okay. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go check that out, right? So I go over there. And they're like, the cheapest... Well, first I'm standing in line. And this really slick-looking Asian guy. Like, the kind of guy that, in, like, in a movie, he'd be there, like, the head of the, the gang or whatever. Yeah. He walks up to me and he goes, uh, hey, you need two tickets for tonight? And I go, actually, I only need one. Uh, I don't want to split up your tickets. And he goes, okay, okay, okay. I go, all right, good luck. Yeah. So I walk up to the box office. Now it's my turn. And I go, what's the cheapest ticket you got? She goes, hmm, let me see here. You know, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just broke my computer by doing that, by the way. And <laughs> um, <laughs> and she goes, oh, the cheap. we have uh, some uh, seats that are $130, which was pretty much. All the money I had in my wallet, right? Mm-hmm. Come on, I'll spend probably. Clo- I was like, but I only want to spend like a hundred at the yeah, most. At the most, right? And I go, well, uh, let me. Where are they, Mike? They were like the most nosebleedy. Like this was a hundred and thirty dollars a ticket for like nosebleed back of the balcony tickets. Once in a lifetime. It is mm-hmm. once in a lifetime. But I was like, you know what? How many do you have? And she goes ten. And I go, I'm gonna wait till closer to the curtain. Yeah. By the just to pause one second, did we even explain what the event was? Did you say what? I I think I did, but it was a reunion of the original cast okay, of Into the Woods on stage at the Orange County Performing Arts Center. Okay, good, All right. good, good, good. So I'm like, oh, okay. And of course, like you said, everybody I knew was gonna be there. They're all passing me by, walking yeah. in. So I'm like, okay. And so mumbling, I, they're like, oh, that Joe Batan. Can't Joe, plan poor, anything poor, out. Poor Joe Batans can't get in. Ha ha yeah. ha ha. We're going to go sit in the carriage and laugh at him. <laughs> they turn into the stepsisters and the mom. Right. <laughs> the festival? The festival? The Into the Woods festival? They they walk by you and slap you and, and she goes, Claude. <laughs> the festival. She, she goes, you can get, we have an extra ticket and you can get in as long as you pick all these lentils out of the ashes. And you like have this tree that you like yeah. water with your tears yeah. and then your mom shows up. Yeah, and I go. Which by the way, is that not the same thing that happened in Avatar and Pocahontas? Go on, I, go on. Stephen Sondheim said that these were originally gonna be in Into the Woods. Pocahontas what? and Avatar. <laughs> so anyway so now i'm just standing outside again back to my mexican at home depot pose you know yeah and just saying for now for just people watching people just walk in and then no one's offering me a ticket no one's coming up to me right then this like very foppish dandy looking gay guy what does foppish mean like, you know, like super fashion. I know it sounds like you'd think like full, but it means like overly fashionista, kind of like super into that nonsense. Okay. Like you're just like, like, oh, look at me. I'm a fop. You know, I love this shit. Okay. Like anyway. dress like a mannequin. At a let's let's actually store. get a real definition. What if that's not the right definition? So let's actually look this up. Hold on. A man who is excessively vain and concerned about his dress, appearance, and manners. Okay. Okay. Foppish. Foppish. So anyway... Um, he just walks up next to me, right? Walks right, stands right next to me. He takes out his phone. Mike Lawson, I swear to Christ, within 10 seconds, this old man walks up and he goes, you need a ticket? To him, not to you. Yeah, to him. He goes, yeah. And he goes, how much do you got? He goes, $100. He goes, great. Here you go. See you inside. Uh... <laughs> and I'm like, what? That's awful. What? Okay. So then... Oh, so the, my Asian friend comes up to me, and he goes, uh, how much you got? And I go, dude, I just have 130 cash. He goes, these tickets are $250 each face value. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. So he goes back trying to sell his tickets. I'm waiting, waiting. Now everyone's in sight. It's just me and him out there. And the guy comes out, and he goes, one minute to curtain, which I know would have been stressing you out. You would have... Yeah. You would have just left. He goes, Dead. One minute to curtain. And the guy goes, the fi- the Asian guy walks up to me. He goes, is that really all you got? And I go, that's really all I have. He goes, okay. And he, I give him 130. He gives me a ticket. 12 rows back, orchestra, center. 
sitting next to Broadway star Andrew Rannells. Whoa. Joe Batanz for the same price that would have been in the nosebleeds. That's cool. Yeah. So my advice is if you're just, especially if you're by yourself, if you go to something like this, you'll get in, I think. Well, yeah, it depends on what it is, but I think um, this maybe was true 10 years ago and is less true. I'm not saying it's not true. It's less mm-hmm. true, though, now because of like StubHub and stuff like that. Okay. So I think they a had lot a of people... one o'clock. They had a one o'clock and I tried doing the StubHub thing and it just didn't work out for me. Yeah. But I, I'm saying a lot of people, those last minute, let's just put them, I just bought these tickets, but I don't need them. I'm going to sell them. They're not going to actually show up. They'll go oh, to StubHub yeah, yeah, or yeah. sell them on Craigslist or something like that. Yeah. Ticketmaster yeah. has like a resale program too. So if it's a Ticketmaster event, you can resell your tickets there. So the internet has changed that a little bit, but mm. cool. Anyway, what's going on with you, Mike Lawson? Um, Close to nothing, but um, I just literally, um, less than an hour ago, sent this email, and I'm having like these major second thoughts about it, so I was going to run it by you. Um, Last night, a friend of mine from Connecticut was in town. She was in San Francisco, so we went to dinner and hung out, and she's kind of amazing. She's a diabetes advocate, and I know her from that world that I live in. And when we were hanging out... She is this type of person that, and I'm sure you have someone in your life like this, who kind of just shits on herself all the time. Not literally poops on herself. She just like shits all over like the good stuff that she's done. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like belittle, she belittles her own accomplishments a lot of times. Yeah, you know, my friend Melissa McQueen does that too. It's really frustrating, almost as frustrating as someone who's like boastful. Right, like someone who doesn't deserve praise, but then gives himself too much praise. Well, give me an example. Because Melissa McQueen will do this. Melissa McQueen will be like, "Yeah, I got booked on this TV show, but you know, it's probably gonna get canceled." <laughs> Which, by the way, she, you know what? Maybe she curses herself because my friend yeah. Melissa McQueen was. At, they were gonna do. Um, they were gonna bring back in Living Color, uh-huh. right? And she was in the cast, and it got canceled. And they filmed the whole thing, and she was like the breakout star. Yeah. And then, like, um, Keen and Ivory Wayans got in a fight with the network, and they're like, all right, we're never going to air this now. Mm. And the whole time she was like, yeah, it'll probably get canceled. Well, I think that my friend Marianne Williamson talks about this mm-hmm. a lot. Sure. But I do think, like, if you talk negatively about yourself, people are going to start believing it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't know that it's spiritual or anything, or it's like what you put out is what you get or anything yeah. like that. But I feel like if you're talking bad about, your own person then why are people going to think that you're really great they're like well she doesn't think she's great she probably isn't mm-hmm. um Which, she doesn't in the reverse and i've learned this my friend liz who is very accomplished um told me when i was in college when she wasn't we were both in college she said i just tell people how awesome i am and then it's my job to like prove it to them yeah and they, they'll believe it. it i've heard yeah. that yeah yeah totally you just tell people you're a writer or whatever and then they're like oh <laughs> Are you, are you making fun of me? No. Oh. Nah. <laughs> you know. Well, you know what? Okay, look. This is a big secret. Mike Lawson doesn't even really have type 1 diabetes. <laughs> he's, he's just – he's putting it out there hoping that just by pretending he does that it will come to him. I want it so bad. Yeah. So um, this woman, she's a writer. She's a speaker. She's a, a blogger. She's like – done a lot of really good things so during our conversation i just realized like she just really gets down on herself so today i sent her like an hour ago i sent her an email and i said like hey i had so much fun hanging out with you and i think that our personalities are a lot alike sometimes we like to avoid conflict and um whatever and we i kind of like went into some of that but then i said during our talk i kind of noticed that you belittle yourself in some of the awesome work that you do and it pains me because I think that the work that you've done is incredible. And then I said something like, um, just like the work that you've done is like helped a lot of people and the world is a better place because of that. So stop doing that and be proud of who you are. And then I said, with love, Mike Lawson. And now I'm thinking like, what if she like belittles herself because of this? She's like, oh God, when I met with Mike, yeah. He was like, uh, nobody likes me. I'm just talking yeah. shit about myself all the time. That's why I don't so have any friends. So she's going to start talking shit about, talk about. she's going to belittle herself for belittling, belittling herself. 
I don't know. I'm very nervous about it. And also, I have no personal stories this week. <laughs> okay, here's my advice. Yeah. Wait, what was the problem again? <laughs> this woman, you wrote this email to her, and and she insults herself. Um, I would just. Do you think she's going to address it at all, or? I don't. I think she'll probably write back and say like, "Hey, I I had a good time hanging out too," and that's it. I'm thinking. I hope she doesn't you know beat what? herself no, you up know over what? it. You know what? I don't think – I mean I can't predict who this woman is, but I know sometimes I can be like that. Yeah. Maybe not to the extent that she is, but I can be really negative sometimes or like, negative about myself or right. what's going to happen. And you know who's really good at snapping me out of it is my cousin Richard. For those of you who are new to the show, I have a, a, a cousin named Richard. He's a week younger than me and he's gay. Mm-hmm. And he's really, really good at snapping me out of it. You know, and so uh, and so he'll but he's a little bit more tough love than you probably are because you, you don't know her that well. Right. But uh, he's done that where he just like slaps me and I like, oh, yeah, you're right. And puts things in perspective and and whatnot. So maybe it's something that might help her. You know, she might read it and go like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe I do do that because I know, especially when I'm being negative, I don't realize I'm being negative. Right. You know what it is, is um especially when I spend a lot of time with my parents, they are very negative people. Mm-hmm. And I've likened it to this when I explain it to people. It's like working in a kitchen, you know, like a, a kitchen that make, you know, a garlic restaurant, right? When you come home, you're going to smell like garlic from yeah. the restaurant. It's the same thing with, you know, with this is like, if you're around negativity, like a, a large amount of negativity for a long time, when you go somewhere else, you're going to carry that with you. And so you need someone sometimes to say like, hey, you know, go take a shower and wash that garlic off of you. Sure. Wash that negativity off of you. So maybe that, that she might go like, oh, my God, I'm doing that thing again. So it might be a good thing. Okay, good. Um, I'll let you know. Um, What's up with you, Joey? Any well, other personal stories you want to tell Last me week, um, friend of the show and uh, train wreck, Cameron and I, went with Daniel Brewer and... Look at this. The married couple has two appearances on the show. Nico Martinez to the world-famous Magic Castle in Hollywood. Cool. Okay. Daniel Brewer has wanted to go his whole life. I guess he's a fan of magic. Oh, you made his lifelong dream come true. Yeah, of going to the Magic Castle, right? Wow. And so he worked it into his schedule. Uh, He was here for BlizzCon, which we talked about. And so the Monday before he left, I took him and uh, Nico Martinez to the Magic Castle. I think Nico, having lived in Los Angeles, always wanted to go. So Cameron and I drive up. First, we meet them at this place called the Oinkster. Because the food at the Magic Castle is very expensive and very whatever. It's like so like going to a wedding kind of food. Because yeah. you're, you're really paying for the magic shows. Right. You know, you're you're ostensibly buying dinner but you're really paying for the magic shows when you go with a member you don't have to buy dinner and you don't have to pay a cover okay so we didn't have to now by the way for people who want to know to show you how special this is you can only get in if you have a guest card from a member or if you're with a member okay so we were going on my membership and we went okay so we go to oinkster um daniel made fun of me because he made a good point because the oinkster sells like really good um like burgers and fries and they're kind of like just really good he was like um why did we come in our suits to a place that's super messy (laughs) Uh uh-huh yeah so we ate there yeah then we drive to the magic castle now again for the record just a week before we went to the magic castle cameron turned 21 i mean cameron is newly 21 years old which by the way side note on his 21st birthday I went with him to uh, a little pub to celebrate his 21st birthday. He could drink, right? We go to this pub. We walk in. We sit down. Waiter comes out to us. He goes, what can I get you guys? We both go, oh, we'll have a Bud Light because they were on special. Mm-hmm. I goes, okay. Didn't get carded. Didn't get carded. Do you remember my 21st birthday, Joey? Was we I present? Together. Oh, we were? Yeah. What did we do? I worked. We worked together at the time. And you and I went to the liquor store. Next to the office to buy beer to bring to the office, and uh-huh. I didn't get ca- I didn't get carded. But also, like, who's buying beer in the center of Irvine on a Wednesday afternoon? Well, that's part of my theory because then the guy comes back again, 
doesn't card us. So on the third time, I go, look, it's his 21st birthday today. Can you can you look at his ID, please? Because oh oh, because the guy walks up and Cameron like right when the guy walks up the third time, that like Cameron's like, well, I guess I should have another one since it, since it is my 21st birthday. <laughs> you know, and I go, look, can you? And the guy goes, oh okay, oh wow, you're 21 today. You know, like so, like whatever. Because here's the thing, and I should have used this. For anyone who doesn't listen to the show regularly, we had an incident where Cameron tried using a fake ID at a gay bar and he got thrown out. Mm-hmm. We should have I should have used a psychological principle. This guy's probably like, well, he's coming in with this old man. Why would an old man come in with an underage boy? You know? Yeah. So we should have used that principle at the gay bar. Well, that might not work, but whatever. So at this pub it worked. So it's now we're at Magic Castle. He's newly twenty one. But also the problem with being newly twenty one. You can't pace yourself, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're walking around the Magic Castle. We're having a good time. Everything's going fine. And we go into, we're seeing different shows. We're, everything's going well. Then we're in a close-up show, a show. And so it's a really packed little theater where a guy's really close, right? And we got in barely. So we're at standing room only, right? We're all standing up. All of a sudden, Cameron goes, this is in the middle of the guy's show. He goes, I need to sit down. Right? Yeah, he's sick. And we're like, uh, and Daniel, Nico, and I are, are all looking at each other. And we, he goes, okay. And he just sits on the stairs, right? Mm-hmm. And then for the rest of the show, he just has his face buried in his hands. Yeah. So I was like, okay, what's going on? So then we the magic show ends, and we walk out, and he's being uber weird. Like, I don't know how to explain it, right? Like, it's not necessarily drunk. It's almost like someone, like, slipped a drug in his drink. Okay. Like, he's being really, really weird. Who okay? would have done that? Yeah. Let's retrace his steps Let's here. see here. So who would have, you know, because you would only drug a straight guy if you wanted to have sex with him somewhere. Right. Yeah. Huh. That's anyway, weird. so then... We walk over to another room in the Magic Castle, and we're, Nico and Daniel and I are like, Cameron, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, Noah, I'm fine. And we're like, okay. Everyone's just like very strange. He goes, I think I need to be alone. What? Yeah. And then I don't know why I go like, okay, that's a good idea. And so then Daniel and Nico and I leave. We just okay. leave him there in this room with all these people. S- yeah, you're such a good friend. Well, because he was being... He needs space, yeah. Hold on for a second. He this was insisting. Drop, he was drop insisting. drunk. Yeah, this guy who's about to drop dead because he's so drunk said he needed space. We, we gave him space. <laughs> he was insisting, and I just wanted to regroup with Daniel and Nico. So Daniel, okay. Nico, and I go to another part of the of the place, and we're talking... Of the go, castle. Can we call it the castle, not the place? Well, I don't want to call it the castle because I'm lame. But mm. we're another part of the castle. And I, I, I confer with my friends here. I go, I don't think I should have left him alone. And they're like, well, it's up to you, you know? Yeah. And I was just like, this is like every comedy movie you've seen. Then you're like, well, I should go back. No reason that you left in the first place. You're like, I should go back. And then you're like, where is he? And he's gone. And then the next 30 minutes is you hilariously trying to find him. And so then I Mike, say Mike Tyson's involved somehow in a tiger. I've seen this movie. Joe. He wakes up at a bathhouse. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen this movie. So then I go, I go, I'm going to go back and go find him. So I go upstairs and I walk by and sure enough, there's Cameron, but he's chatting up some Asian girl. Okay. Right. I'm like, huh, that's weird. So then I, I, I don't want to be. Like, you're like insanely jealous. And yeah. You're like, Cameron, C- Cameron, who's this? Yeah, who is this? Move out of the way. Uh-huh. You know his checking account was negative last month. Then I take my earrings off and I start pulling her hair. <laughs> uh-huh. You don't mess with this chola, right? So, for, so anyway, so then I'm all, hmm. So then I, because he doesn't see me see him. So I walk away and I do a little, you know, Walk around the castle, then I walk back. And now he's in like a heated discussion with some man. Right? Okay. And I'm like, oh, fuck. This is, I, I figured out what happened. He's talking to this Asian girl because she's dressed kind of slutty, right? He's talking to this Asian girl. Her boyfriend comes back and she's like, what the fuck are you doing talking to my girlfriend? Get the fuck out of here, right? 
So I go, I got to step in. So I walk up and the guys even tend to Cameron like, yeah, I don't think it's a good idea, man. You know, something like that. Right. So I go, Cameron, can I talk to you? And then Cameron goes like, yeah, yeah, sure. And Cameron has like a drink in his hand. So I go, we need to go outside. So we go outside. Cameron's completely normal. Okay. Completely normal. Like, hey, what's going on? I'm Cameron. Yay. Hi. Right. Like not drunk, not weird. And I go, what happened? So here's what happened. So he was, this Asian girl started talking to him. She went up to him. And she was like, yeah, my boyfriend's here, but he's a the guy. I, I, she came with a guy. I came with some guy. And he'd be a dick. And he walked away. And he ditched me. And now I'm just here alone and talking to Cameron. She was like, do you want to get a drink? Do you want to do a shot? And Cameron's like, sure. And I guess the guy that Cameron was talking to walks up. And she goes to him, do you want to do a shot with me? And so the three of them do a shot. Okay, but then she charges it to the guy she came with, to his oh. card. So this guy was actually being a good, like a like you know, like a bro, you know. And so he pulls Cameron inside, and says, "You know what? We better get away because this guy's gonna come back and he's gonna see that she did that, and that's fucked up that she did that to that guy." Yeah. And I don't want to be part of that. So he was actually telling Cameron, "Let's let's bail." Smart. Right. So. Cameron's like, oh, okay. And he tells me the story in a normal voice. He's completely normal. I'm like, oh. He's all, yeah, I was just really tired. He goes, so I got a Red Bull. So he was just drinking a Red Bull. wasn't even drinking alcohol. Okay. We go back inside. We meet up with Daniel and Nico. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, he's uh, being weird again. Like, falling, head falling down. Like, like Mike, it's like J- Jekyll and Hyde. Maybe he's allergic to them. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Like, we're watching some magic show and he can't keep his head. Maybe he hates magic. Maybe. No, he actually loves a magic castle. Just asked me for passes the other day. So, anyway, the point is this. I, it's like 1030. And I have, like, Cameron can't even stand up. And I go, I tell Daniel, I go, look, I got to take him home. Mm-hmm. And I, I go, I got to take him home. And um, he's not doing well. I go, you guys are welcome to stay. Uh, but uh, we got. I, I got to take him home. He, he, this kid. I mean, the kid couldn't. The kid couldn't keep his head up. So Daniel's okay. like, oh, okay. And then Daniel texted me that he and Nico actually went right after that too. Um, but so you took him home. Was he better in the car at all? I fell asleep in the car. Okay. All the way home. I was just like, oh, okay. I'll just listen to old episodes of Serial. Oh, you listen to old ones? We have already listened to all the other ones. Have you heard the theory that Jay may be a criminal informant? So he was like in the school to like pick oh, up on stuff? Oh, I haven't heard that theory. But did you go on the subreddit and Hay's brother went on there? No. <gasps> Ooh, drama. I wonder if it's even still up. So I saw this last night, but Hay's brother wrote this long post, right? Like telling everyone on the subreddit, like, shame on you. We've intent, you know, all this nonsense. If it's still there, you should read it, right? And at first people didn't believe him. Because it was hard for him to prove he didn't want to. Because he didn't want to put new pictures of Hay out there. Yeah. And all the information, all the information he had, they're like, oh, anybody can get that information. But then he, so he sent. I guess he posted uh, a picture, like a screen grab of an email he got from Sarah Koenig and her fr- assistant. And then people were going crazy because he left their phone numbers in there. Uh huh. But he took it down. But yeah, no, Hay's brother, dude. Hmm. Yeah. Intense. Well, I've thought about that. I was talking about it recently. Like, this is a real crime, and we're all like, this entertainment is so good. And, like, somebody did die. It's kind of fucked. Mm-hmm. Um, also, did you hear Jane Dickens, uh, Janice Dickinson came out that Bill Cosby sexually assaulted her? Uh, look. Is that not news to you? It is, it is news to me. But, look, here's the thing. Look, and I'm I, an expert on this. No, Bill I don't Cosby think it's an expert thing. thing. It has nothing to do with this. I don't know what's going on with this Bill Cosby thing. I'm sure Bill Cosby's super creepy, and I'm sure he did stuff. But anything that comes out of Janice Dickinson's mouth, Janice Dickinson in particular, I'm not saying these other women, Janice Dickinson, I'm immediately skeptical. Really? Yeah. These other women who've been, you know, in the dark for years, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe he's creepy, right? Janice Dickinson, she's just not a serious person to me. Okay. I almost feel like I'm not saying that she's wrong. I'm yeah, just yeah, saying yeah, yeah. I'm going to take it with a grain of salt. You'll take the other ones with um, – you think the other ones are more valid than hers. Yes. I'll listen to them more. Like Janice Dickinson, I'm right. like, oh, yeah, yeah. okay. Okay. Thanks, babe. Right. I almost feel the opposite because, like, she's the one – I mean, she has something to lose a little bit. I don't know. 
I feel like it could work against her more than the others. I think, her, out I think her career is so in the toilet that she doesn't care. And she will do anything to be in the spotlight. That's why I'm immediately skeptical. Sure. Interesting. Um, hey, Joey, speaking of... Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> speaking of trash, um, my off... That, I didn't mean that. That was kind of fucked up. Um, I actually liked Janice Dickinson. And when she did the reality show, I really liked it. Um, for She had, a, I think, like maybe two seasons of the modeling agency. Does she have a hot son? I feel like she has a hot son. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I don't really remember. For some reason, anyway, I'm having a hot sun. At my at my office, Joey. Um, the other day, I walk into the office um, to, to kind of explain. We have like a storefront sort of thing on a very busy street in Berkeley, and you kind of walk upstairs, and then when you get upstairs, it's just a the storefront opens to stairs, and then when you get upstairs, there's four doors at the top of the stairs, and those are four offices, and we are one of those four. Mm-hmm. So on our door and two of our neighbor's doors, there's like a manila envelope, and on the one lady who's across the hall from us who's very passive-aggressive and has left me notes about how we need to start sweeping the stairs, and she's very passive-aggressive. Um but what's weird is she gets 95% of the foot traffic because all the other offices, it's the five or six people that work there. She has a business where people come and go. Okay. Um, so all of the foot traffic is hers. So when she's like, can we all take turns cleaning the stairs? I was like, mm, I'll clean, you know, 2% of this, the stairs 2% of the time because you get so much traffic. You could do it 98% of the time. That's how I feel. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, we all had these little manila envelope so i pick it up and take it in and inside the envelope so fucking passive aggressive there's a color printout of what can be recycled what is considered food waste what would go in the cardboard recycle bin and what is trash Mm -hmm. just like printouts but that she's just she's just so passive aggressive that that makes me angry and makes me not want to recycle so i think that She's down because we also all share garbage our garbage bins. So I think that she like saw that somebody's putting, I don't know, a, a Diet Coke bottle in the regular trash and that angers her. So she's going to print these things out. So ju- Go ahead. Um, so I crumpled it up and just put it in the trash. I didn't recycle it. Is that bad? <laughs> don't you think that that's part and parcel with living in the Bay Area? It's annoying. You know what? If you think like. Hey, we're not. We have an email chain. Just respond. Hey, guys, I'm noticing that there's a lot of things that could be recycled in the trash. Um, just start recycling. Why do you have to be passive and print it out and put it on our doorstep? And it's clearly you because everyone else has one except for you. I know you did it. Um, and I need to rewind one second. Um, I was talking to Steve last night and I was like, I don't really have any stories to tell on the podcast tomorrow. And I was like, maybe I'll tell this story about the recycling. And he's like, Mike, don't tell that story because you already sound like a dickhead with the theater thing. <laughs> <laughs> you should give it a couple of weeks before you do another oh, dickhead. Oh, Steve's going to be the cutest ex-boyfriend. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> so um, I'm kind of hesitant to tell this story, but that's all I fucking got, Joey. It's been such a boring week. Yeah, I kind of agree with Steve. I was thinking like, oh, no, here we go. Mike Lawson with uh, <laughs> Meow Meow Part 2. I just don't like passive aggressiveness like that. Like, you if know, you passive really aggression, have... like offering you a ticket to a theater? Well, I'm not talking about Meow Meow. I'm talking about the recycle thing. Like, if I don't like that. Like, if you, I don't know, just if you have a problem, just say you have a problem. And then maybe I could tell you, like, hey, we have a, a lady that takes out our trash once a week, and I can leave her a note. I don't know if our – is our recycle bin getting put in the wrong one maybe or – you know And this I mean? is the woman that sits by the door? No, she has the office across the hall from us. But she doesn't work for a Big Blue Test or anything like that or Diabetes Hands Foundation. No, no, no. She just um has an office across from us. What does she do? Like uh, massages and – Oh, so she yeah, – um. Yeah, she has clients come in all the time. They do. She does like health coaching and stuff yeah. like that. So okay, all right. Well, so I just threw it in the trash, and I hope she sees it in there. I didn't recycle it. This is like you with the lady with the parking. Yeah, it's very similar. Yeah, and a very similar like issue. Like, 
just tell me you have a problem. Don't be like, I'm trying to just do what's right because you're not. You're trying to – you want me to do what you want me to do. Yeah, but here's the thing is I feel what you're – what this woman – I think this woman is the standard issue San Francisco citizen. I feel San Francisco people are very passive-aggressive about weird shit like this. Yeah. Just say it, though. In Phoenix, they wouldn't do – in Phoenix, they'd take out a gun. In Phoenix, they barely have a recycle program, to be honest. Like, when I worked at Starbucks in Phoenix, we would put our, like, gallon milk jugs in the regular trash because they there was not a recycle bin at the place that I was at. Um, in Phoenix, they just kept the lights on all the time, even when it was, like, super bright daylight. Yeah. <laughs> And you, would just, and you would just burn cans of oil so people would know where yeah. the Starbucks was. Yeah. And they were like, separate your uh, food uh, into compost because we don't want to burn it when we burn the trash. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So you, you guys would shoot a bald eagle every day for a contest <laughs> in Phoenix. Yep. Yep, yeah. yep. So what's going on in the Bay Area, Mike? What's the news? What Maybe there's some news going on over there. Okay, Joey, this story actually was pointed out to me by friend of the show, Anthony Antaran, mm-hmm. who posted on either our Facebook wall or maybe my Facebook wall. I'm not sure. But basically what happened was on a Muni bus, uh, some man noticed that this man named Peter Albert, he was on the M Ocean View Muni Metro line last Tuesday afternoon, uh, coming back from a meeting that he had. And... He saw this a recycling meeting. He saw this little kid that was like ten years old get on the train, and he was crying. Mm -hmm. And so the man's like, "Hey, what's up?" And the guy said, "I'm going to stop you right there." Immediately, I would never speak to that kid. I, as a grown man, will never speak to a child. A child could be on fire, and be like, "Mm, "I don't want people to think I'm going to molest him." Yeah. If I, if I uh, pat out the fire, I might touch his private parts, and then I'll get arrested. I was at the mall, right? And I wanted to sit in one of the chairs at the mall, like those benches. Mm-hmm. And I was going down. There was like this sort of like this like dark hallway in the in the mall. I'm like, oh, that would be a good place to just chill and get away and just go on Yelp and text yeah. people, you know? Yeah. And grinder. as I was walking and going grinder, as I was walking down that hallway, a two ten year old boy's like, let's go down this hallway. And I was like, okay, not going down that hallway. I'm gonna walk down yeah. to the complete opposite side of the mall. I get it. Um, but I mean, I mean, I worked with kids, so like I learned like appropriate ways to hug them and you know what I mean? Like we've done all of that. So yeah, I, I feel maybe I, a little bit more confident. Appropriate that, ways to take them to the bathhouse. Yeah, seriously. You last week. <laughs> um, so Joey, this guy's on the train or on the bus and, uh, the kid gets on crying. He's like, what's up? The little 10 year old says, someone stole my phone. He's on the bus right ahead of us. Okay. So they asked the kid if he's hurt and he wasn't. Um, they asked him if they knew what the kid who stole the phone looked like, and he said he didn't. But he said that the a bad man grabbed his iPhone out of his backpack and jumped on the train, or the uh, bus in front of them. So since they were right bef- behind them, the driver's like, let's call 911. And everyone's like, hmm, that's not going to do any good. Um, so they get off the train and they... Why is this man so involved in this kid's phone? Well, the kid's crying. I don't know. Once again, I would be like, mm, sucks to be you. Sorry, kid. Not because I don't want to help him. But once again, grown men should never be, for appearances, for appearance sake, dealing with children. Thank you. So anyway, the uh, long story short, um, they end up getting the kid's phone back, right? At, and then the bus leaves and like there's just a, bus now the, the kid's gone with his phone and the bus is just full of people that are happy that they helped this kid get his phone back and i want it the reason first of all anthony antaran thank you for sharing the story but second of all isn't san francisco great joey what would, would this would it <laughs> would this happen in la yeah it happened and people are people are decent people in this country especially with children if this was a grown person, they'd be like, eh, sorry. Yeah. Unless it was you. We've proven that point. Well, no. Well, here's what I would if do. If you were here's there, you what would, I would have do. nothing to no, do with here's this Here's what kid. I would do. Here's what I would really do. I get some woman next to me and go like, can you help this kid? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. We have we have to help this kid. Somebody go near him and find out why he's crying. I'm gonna stand right here. Yeah. As you as some women go over there and deal with him. Or attention, riders of this bus, please watch me. Uh, uh, approach this child and notice that my private parts are zipped up neatly yeah. into my pants mm-hmm. and have nothing but good intentions right now. Yeah. yeah. Please note, my hands are... T- I, I, all of a sudden, people turn around and all of a sudden I'm dressed like Hannibal Lecter. Like, and the full thing, approaching the kid. They Someone wheels me over to the kid and I'm like, what's wrong, little boy? <laughs> Does, why are you crying? <laughs> Doesn't and lima beans or something? Yeah. See something like that. Oh yeah, and then uh, oh yeah, I'm gonna find that guy and eat his uh, heart with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. <laughs> so Joey, what's going on in LA? Any great stories about great people doing great things like there are all over San Francisco? Yeah, this is this is a very LA story. You know how LA loves movies, right? Uh, movies, yeah. Yeah. Well, a woman. Uh, reportedly maced a man who asked her to turn her off her phone during a film screening. Mike, this is so something that could help happen to you. No, Joey, first of all, no, it couldn't because this is the kind of headline. They want you to think that some guy's like, uh, excuse me, miss, will you please turn off your phone? And then she maced the fuck out of him. That's not what happened. You know that he was aggressive about it. He reportedly kept asking the woman who had initially mistook who, who, he thought it was a man, first of all. <laughs> He's like, excuse me, sir, could you please turn off your screen? <laughs> That's the type of thing that I would do if I was angry at somebody. Like, I would know that the girl probably, the woman gets mistaken a lot. So I'd be like, excuse me, sir, come on, man. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's a dick thing to do. He might have done on purpose. After she didn't respond, he tapped her on the shoulder, and when she wigged out, began cursing and yelling that he hit her and threatened to call police, the witness said. This might have been Janice Dickinson. She then allegedly pointed the flashlight of her phone directly at him in a bizarre standoff while other moviegoers asked her to turn it off. I love her. They're like, excuse me, can you please stop fighting? We're trying to watch uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then she went in her bag and she sprayed him with mace. They did arrest her. Or she was escorted. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, no, did they? Let me see. However, the woman who maced him continuously. Oh, yes, that's the best part. So she maces him. He runs out like, ah. He runs out, right, with his yeah. some chick. She sat there for 20 minutes and just watched the movie as if nothing happened. And then security escorted her out. But, 20 minutes? Yeah. Would that's you, weird. Would you have been angrier about the phone? The May scene or security coming in and, and escorting her out. All of these well, would be interrupting your movie-going experience. Correct me if I'm wrong. I know pepper spray, like, just being in the same room once pepper spray's, like, released. Like, you're fucked. Like, the – do you know what I mean? Like, you can't just sit in the same place. Is Mace different? I don't know that much about Mace. I feel like Mace, when I've seen it used, is more liquidy. Well, pepper spray is pretty liquidly, liquidy. Oh, really? Yeah, but, like, the cloud of, like, stuff is still in the air. You can't just sit in the same area after it gets Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. That is a good point. I think if I was in that movie theater, the guy gets maced, I would get up and go. I wouldn't just sit there. I'm done. Yeah, you know what? You're right. I would go to the manager and go, look, there's all this drama. I need to come back. Because, you know, that's one of the reasons the movie The Ring didn't scare me. Was I went to go see this movie, The Ring. Mm Mm-hmm. And you know how there's some theaters that have, like, a main section, like the arena seating, and then there's, like, a section in the front? Yeah. Okay. So in that front section, it was nothing but, like, 13-year-old kids. Yeah. And, Mike, they were talking so fucking loud. They were talking so fucking loud, the police had to come and escort all of them out during the movie. And they never stopped this movie. This is, like, in the first 10 minutes of the movie, right? Okay. So in the first 10 minutes, I'm like, now the illusion is just ruined for me, right? The whole time you're like, everyone's going to think I molested all those 13-year-old kids up front. I can't tell them to shut up because then I'm going (laughs) to – what if I accidentally molest them, you know? So then the the illusion of the movie is ruined, right? And that's why with The Ring, people are like, oh, The Ring, it's so so scary. I'm like, no, it's stupid. I go, first of all, because I was analyzing the movie like this because of this, I was like, one, let's get this straight. I don't know if you remember the premise, but the premise is some teens watch this videotape yeah. and they die. And the mother. Is this, it's based on something Japanese, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Then the mother of one of the dead teens asks Naomi Watt, 
you're a journalist, please find out why my kid died, right? So the whole movie thing we watched, finding out that this videotape, a girl climbs out of the TV and kills you if you watch it, right? So I'm like, they never show this, but does the Naomi Watson go, all right, Janice, sit down. Um, I figured it out. I figured out why your son is dead. Um, he watched a videotape and a girl climbed out of the TV and killed him. Thank you. That'll be $2,000. And then the other thing is, at the end of the movie, uh, Naomi Watts realizes the only way she can save herself because she's seen it is if she sends the tape to somebody else, right? And that's the end. Her putting it, she puts it in an envelope and she just mails to somebody, right? I'm like, oh, I, got, I got a good solution. M- mail it to Hitler. You know, <laughs> Mail it. There's not around. Mail it to Charles Manson. Mail it to uh, this uh, Osama bin Laden. I don't know. Mail to somebody bad. You know. Mail to Janice Dickinson. Okay. Then they watch the tape and then they're dead. Yay! And you mail to somebody and you killed the bad person. No, she's just mailing it to some schlub. That's what she does. So, but now again, had how would they have a sequel? I don't know. That's not my problem. The problem is that these kids made me think about these things during the movie. Thank you. You're welcome. What else is going on in the Bay Area? Well, Jewel. Uh... Jewel? <laughs> no, hold on. Who I'm... will save your soul? Well, Joey, this man here in San Francisco is using um, non-traditional techniques to find a girlfriend. And I wanted to see if you think this is something you might want to do. Um, I don't want to date a girl. If you think about it, online dating profiles are basically dating resumes. So people scroll through the profiles of others and contact the ones who best meet their personal criteria, criteria, just like an employer sifting through resumes, right? So this man, a San Francisco-based YouTuber, decided to do just that. He asked that his last name not be put in the story, uh, but I guess they're calling him Chuck. Um, for so we'll call him Chuck. Uh, on YouTube, he's called Bachelor Chuck, and he's collecting resumes of women that he potentially wants to date. Um, I guess he's being approached by numerous women, but I'm curious. The dude's not handsome, so I'm curious if people are doing this just because it's like in the news. But would you ever? Let's say the hottest guy, right? This guy is not the hottest guy. But let's say a really, really handsome man does yeah. something super gimmicky, puts up a billboard or something like that, not on a, a OkCupid profile or, a, you know, Match.com, but, like, something super public and gimmicky, and you thought he was really hot and looked friendly, would you approach him? <sighs> the smart side of me wants to say no. But if he's legitimately hot and I'm physically attracted to him, yeah, I'd probably go up there. I, I would so play into it. Like, I was at Chipotle yesterday with my mom. And the guy who puts the beans in the tortilla, gives you the tortillas, was so cute and so gay. And I was just flirty holding up the line. Yeah. Like, oh, where'd oh, you get these tortillas yeah. So from? You, yeah, do you make the tortillas yourself? <laughs> How much training do you have to go to yeah, do this? It must be, so, you guys are so good at this. You must be so busy right now. Meanwhile, there's a huge line, and he's like, <laughs> he was very nice, but I was just like, ugh. Like, I'm yeah. just such a fucking man like that. Yeah. My my thing, uh, personally, I have these weird um, deal breakers, I guess you would call them. Uh, like if, if a guy's wearing Birkenstocks. I'm or like, if he's mm, not Asian. That's not true, Joe. <laughs> if he like owns a bird. I know that that's a weird thing, but I'm like, mm, people who own birds are not the kind of people that I want to date. I'm not saying they're bad people because I know there are some bird owners that listen to this, but I'm like, that's, I don't know. It says to me about the personality right away that I'm like, oh, nope. And I feel like someone who's like gimmicky about dating, I'm like, uh, it's just not the personality. I can know nothing about them, but if that's something I know about them, I'm like, uh, not, oh, uh, sorry. Uh. So, I don't know. But the guy's not super handsome. Did you click in and see his picture? Yeah, I did. He's not. He's very Eastern European looking to me, which is not a look I like. Unless they're Bellamy. Or that, uh, have you ever seen, though, that uh, the guns where the Russian guy goes and, like, 
quote unquote pays guys to have gay sex, even though it's yeah. so it's so fake. It's always like yeah. the hottest guy going like, uh, me? I'm just walking yeah. to this bus stop. Yeah, well, and then they pay them. Well, first they like blindfold them and they think a woman's doing it. Oh, no, 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 no. You're talking about bait bus. Now, this is a Russian oh. one where like it'll go up to Russians in the street. And then I always fast forward because there's like 20 minutes of talking. So it's like them talking at the mall. And then all of a sudden they're in the woods. Yeah. And you're like, what? <laughs> You'd Would you go with a man who offered you money to the woods? Well, there's a cameraman. Nothing bad would happen. No, he's holding the camera. Oh, I've never seen what you're talking about. I'll have to send it to you. I know bait bus. Bait bus is totally fake too. Oh, bait it's bus like... is so fake. Bait bus so, is so fake. For the for the non-porn watchers, it's like this man. It's this group of people that pull up and they find someone on the street and they're like, "Hey, this girl wants to blow you." Which, and by the way, gets in. who is walking down the street anymore? It's always people just walking down the street. Who's walking down the street? And he gets in, and he's always wearing like sweatpants. It's never like hard to unbuckle pants. Yeah. He gets in the. He thinks the girl's gonna blow him, but they blindfold him. And then always at like a minute forty-five, like on the dot, he like takes the blindfold off, and he's like, "What the hell?" And then he's like, mm, "Okay, keep going," because the guy's blowing him, not the girl. Yeah. Oh it's yeah, stupid. yeah. They offer money, and then the guy who holds it's either a guy or a girl is super annoying. Like they're the most annoying person ever. With the bad double entendres, like, ah, you work in a sausage factory? I'll bet you do. Yeah, you, but yeah, you, you know, you probably have a big. It's, it's so, so bad. I cannot stand the people who are talking. I cannot. I, I can't. I just can't do it. I can't do that. That's the one porn I can't watch. Is bait bus? Yeah. Cannot do it. Bait bus. By the way, I always think like, what would you do if you're driving next to the bait bus? Because the windows don't seem to be tinted or anything. Do you think that? But you don't really see them like it's like freeway driving. It's not like they're going down the like street. Yeah, and street. I guess the action is going up below the windows. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, speaking of Mike, guess what? In the LAUSD school district, students can now consent to sex with their teachers. What? Not really. So here's what happened. So there was this teacher. His name is I have it right here. Uh, Elkis Hermida. He was a math mm. teacher at Thomas Sounds Edison. Sounds hot. Actually, he's not bad looking for a child molester. <sighs> for a child molester. Look up, look up, click on the link in the story, Mike. Shut up and tell the story. Have you seen his picture? Yeah. Are you, am I wrong? He's not attractive, no. Wait, I'm saying for a child molester. Tell the story. <laughs> So he had a uh, a sexual relationship with a sixth grader, right? With a sixth grader? Yeah, let me look. Let me look here. With a student, December twenty ten, that lasted six months. Um, I believe she's pretty young, actually. Um, I don't know if she's in sixth grade. Like, I now, for some reason, all facts in the story have vanished in my in. Oh, a fourteen year old girl. That sounds about right. Yeah, maybe eighth grader. He had a, a a sex he had a sexual relationship with a fourteen year old girl. He was twenty eight, and um, and they said that this fourteen year old girl consented to having sex. But I guess the evidence they have showed that it was, although not legally, it was consensual, right? right? And so he went to prison. Okay, he was sentenced to three years in prison. Then her family filed a lawsuit against LAUSD. Okay. The LAUSD lawyer argued, and by the way, he won, but in the three-week civil suit, argued that the girl knew what she was doing and chose to have sex with Hermita and suggested the girl was to blame for the situation, right? Ew. That's pretty much the, the, the summary of it, because I guess there's a little-known law in the on the books in California that while there is a very clear age of consent for um, criminal matters, it's a little fudgy on civil matters because if you're suing somebody for uh, uh, recompense, you have to be able to prove, I mean, like now it's a different situation, you know? And uh, so what the lawyer was arguing was, and actually he says, uh, he, he basically said that she, that, she, that the family was really after money. This is the lawyer talking, by the way. The lawyer said she wants to be paid for doing something that she knew was wrong, that she acknowledged was wrong, that she knew was wrong from the beginning. 
She doesn't want therapy. She wants money. That's what they are asking you for. By the way, the jury sided with this lawyer. They said that LAUSD was not liable in this case to pay uh, the family. What are your thoughts on this, Mike? Because this is actually – this is tricky. This is a tricky one. It is tricky. I think, though, like even though it's a civil case – so like he, this dude is – we're not saying that he's like what didn't get the prison time no. he deserved Settled. or anything like that. Settled. Which is, he's in prison. Which is good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. But I do think that this speaks to like the way that – this is one of the few crimes that we talk about where the person who – is the victim suddenly has to like they're like well maybe they wanted it maybe they do you know what i mean like we never say that to any about any other crime do we like well they were in the you know they decided to come to this neighborhood that they knew wasn't the best neighborhood so they deserved to get stabbed when they were walking down you know what i mean like we don't do that yeah but the tricky thing is is if you're stabbed in that case the person's going to go to jail but I think I think a, a better one would be if a person and they've had but this is going to sound ridiculous what I'm going to say but there have been cases of this where like there's a cannibal and the person agrees to be eaten yeah 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 which is weird that that's happened right but um can the person who's been eaten then sue the person who ate him the difference between those two things and the what the what the things that the the underage girl did are kind of irrelevant like it is illegal and it is rape for this man to have sex with this woman with this girl i should say right that's illegal and like that is wrong on his part even if she was like do it right now she signed a test uh, testimony saying like all i want to do is have him do this no i agree with you but then he's he's paying the criminal price for statutory rape right yeah yeah but should she then make money off of it that's what's well, tricky what, what are you so you're going to the school district saying and here's a trickier need, part go ahead we're going to the school district saying we need um um we've been hurt in such a way because the school district did something let's say she didn't want it right let's say she fought it, and that well, then, yeah, detail then, is different. Yes. Does the school district then have to pay? Well, like, would I, they still lose a civil? No, they wouldn't because I guess the, the, the story is very vague on this, but I'm, I'm assuming that there's ample evidence that the girl was consensual in this. Okay, but I'm saying, Joey, if it wasn't consensual and it was like well, then that whole detail. That's a different dude, case. Dude, can I? I, mean, I haven't even oh, finished. Oh, you finished. Like, let's say that whole thing is different. Why would this be any different than the civil case would she still just lose it like no, what no. why would the school district owe this family no. something what did they do the, wrong what they were suing for was that the school district was negligent in preventing this relationship right so is the school district responsible for any harm done to this girl are you asking me or you're saying what the, what the question is that's what the question is right yes i think the specific question was um yeah, they were negligent in preventing the relationship. Right. That's a tricky like thing. If, That's a trick. You know what? You're right. That's even a tricky one if she was, you know, molested against her will. Because unless you, you, I, to me, and the in my in my universe, the way the world works in terms of lawsuits, you would have to prove to me, okay. That the school district was completely negligent and acted with like such sloppiness with malice that this happened. But if they do it, if if this teacher does such a job where the school district is completely unaware, why should the school district have to pay? Right. That's where that's where it kind of changes. I agree with you. Yeah. I don't know. But I think people get sued like that all the time because LAUSD clearly has a lot of money, but this guy has no money. So you're going to go after the money in terms of a lawsuit. Yeah. So. All right. Well, what do you got going on next week, Mike Lawson? Work. What about you? (laughs) I'm going to be filling out this big blue test. Joey, we have until Wednesday. I don't know if this will go up in time, but um, we're getting there. We have... 
Um, we're recording right now, and we have uh, 26,905 entries. So we, it's not impossible. There's a couple of group events that are happening as we speak. Mm-hmm. Um, Saudi Arabia, they're doing a bunch. Puerto Rico's doing a bunch. All over the world. So BigBlueTest.org, go. Um, this week for me, um, Melissa McQueen, my friend who we just spoke about today, she invited me for her birthday to possibly go on a walking tour of downtown Los Angeles. I might be doing that. I believe my friend Adam Vaught, friend of the show Adam Vaught might be in town, so I might see him. Cool. Other than that, that's what I've got going on. Fun. All right, Joey. Well, it was nice catching up with you. Go to hell, Mike. Thank you for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Find a new episode each week at cupodcast.com, in iTunes, or in the Stitcher Smart Radio app. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cupodcast. Follow us on Twitter at cupodcast. Email us at guys at cupodcast.com. Or call our listener line at 510-239-7798. Um, I mean... Um, uh, um, 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 uh, um, Use action to defeat worry and fear. Do something to change what can be changed, and you'll no longer be afraid.